0: And welcome, once again, to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me is my co-host Matt Dudek.
1: Hey there, everybody.
0: And Matt, of course, can be found on Twitter at OU. and you can find us on Twitter as well. The podcast at HorizonRT, and you can find us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. And Matt, um. I, I'm actually really excited about this this particular episode, not because I was ever a part of anything like this, because you know I went to Cleveland State, although that may be subject to change here in the near future. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, th- today. We actually have uh, we actually have a, a member of the Grizz gang with us, so I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, and Michael, let me let me make sure if I get to. I apologize if I butcher this. <laughs> Michael Presdeninzi.
2: That's actually perfect. Yeah, a lot of people messed it up.
0: Outstanding. All right, so I was paying attention. So we have Michael <laughs> presden on on for, for representing the Grizz gang. Naturally, I was hoping to get somebody from the Valhalla Vanguard on because you know you know how much I you know how much I like those guys, but uh, uh, just kind of wasn't in the cards. So
1: it's um... like for them where they talk a good game and then no one shows up i i know yep.
0: <laughs> I, I i know there's going to be some changes coming forth because i know some of the founding members have have since moved on and they're they're looking for some uh they're they're going to be they're kind of in the process of <laughs> moving into some new leadership so uh so i'm sure that they will definitely be representing in the near future crossing fingers of course but I, I, wanted to talk about the, you know, I brought the, I brought Michael on, um, as representing the Grizz gang, because obviously, um, one of the things that, as we know, across the entire college basketball landscape it is, is this, this phenomenon of student sections. You see them everywhere else. You see the, obviously you see them at the power five conferences, um, we don't have a lot of those in, in 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 this conference. I mean, and if we do, it's usually something that's kind of inorganic that hasn't really, you know, that that was you know that that was perpetuated by by an athletics department that didn't really catch on with the rest of the students. And the reason actually I brought all of these things up was that for the first time in my memory. Cleveland State, uh, and actually, I shouldn't say this because um, the first time in recent memory, um, because of, and I will say there was an attempt made in you know early 2000s to do this. But Cleveland State, um, a group of Cleveland State students have actually put together their own student section, um, and like I said, there was some, there was there was an attempt to do this in the early 2000s and didn't really take. And then it was kind of at the the, the the post of the Berserkers, which was kind of a, which was kind of an athletics driven type of thing, but still had a can full of individuals who were who were very involved in that up until, the, you know, they graduated and then it kind of petered out. But now um, that's kind of but now apparently there's there's a bit of a resurgence um, and they have decided on the name vicious Fikes. I'm sure we'll get into the, a conversation about that a little later on. But the whole point of the, the whole point of the episode obviously is is to talk about student involvement, especially in the face of the fact we have the uh, especially in the face of kind of the makeup of the Horizon League schools where you're talking about primarily commuter school students whose primary goal is to get to, get to school, fight for parking, go to class and go home. Um, so it's, so it's nice to have somebody like Michael on who, who's a part of, who's a part of a group that, that kind of goes beyond that. So, so Michael, tell me a little, tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, you know, What's the Grizz Gang? Uh, you know, we, we, Grizz Gang. Obviously, we, we've had we've talked about a little bit on the show, but you know, talk to us a little bit about kind of how that how it came about, um, what you guys are up to these days, um, and wh- what you got planned moving forward.
2: Yeah. So um, the Grizz Gang itself actually got created by our now advisor um, Anthony Galina, and he along with a couple of his buddies were really into the, into sports, into the involvement of the school. And so they kind of took it upon themselves of creating this. And back then um, I'm pretty sure athletics helped fund them and create what they did. And since then, since he graduated, he came back and he is, he now works for Oakland. And since he's here, he started this advisor position where um, he can kind of look after us and tell us what we're doing right and everything. And we kind of take it from there. He lets us be a very kind of um, self-employed and we we only go for him if we need help, really, but he's always there and um, kind of created that atmosphere for us to join and have a place where we can actually create something like that. Sure.
0: Um, Anthony, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you how how hands-on Anthony is, of course. If the name Anthony Galena sounds familiar to you folks, uh, listeners to the podcast, Anthony participated in our second annual Battle Royale and so uh, mm-hmm. as i understand and 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 as he as he states correctly he is the gentleman who uh he's the gentleman who uh, is, is the flag is the offic- is the flag yeah. carrier for Oakland so yeah. um it, it's it's good that you have a guy who's an advisor who's you know who who knows the who knows the group and you know it it has from what it sounds like as much passion as the guy uh, the folks who are in this group
1: well let yeah. me ask. Let me tell you guys just a little bit more backstory, because I, w- I was at Oakland when all when Grizz Gang started with Anthony. Um, I met Anthony um, as a member of the pep band originally. Anthony played trumpet in the pep band. and uh, Yeah, and the pep band is long. I mean, going back to as far as back as I can go is 2002, 2003. The pep band has always been full and crazy. um, And that's always been a strong suit for Oakland game day, but we didn't have a student section. So Anthony stopped playing in the pep band or might have graduated. I don't remember how that worked out. But he really started uh, with a couple other people, Matt Thomas. I remember. I know Matt's a listener of the show, um, you know. And they started um, trying to organize a student section to go with the pep band because we had we had a uh, we had a very good dance team. We had a pep band, but we just didn't have a student section to be crazy, except for big games. Kids would show up for you know the really important big games or you know whoever, but but there wasn't anything consistent. And Anthony and and his crew really set out. Uh, initially, they were they were almost like part of the cheer team. Um, they came out waving big flags and banners. Um, at the beginning of the game, they were like a spirit squad almost, and then that turned into what we now know as the Grizz Gang. game.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. So, a little backstory. I was there.
0: See, there you go. First hand, first hand witnesses Love saw that. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, and it's and it's interesting. You and bad I'm actually also very glad you brought up the pep band because I know that that for a lot of circle in a lot of circles within the Horizon League that has also been a a big component of i, I want to say what i would call the spirit element of, of a particular school um, and that's something that and obviously that's something that Oakland itself has has pretty much locked down and this um and I, and i and i know i've long established that Grizz Gang is kind of the gold standard in terms of the conferences, team uh, the conferences, school uh, the conferences, student sections. I mean, it, it, the, the 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 way it, the way it's organized, and you know, as involved as you guys are, and that's that. Obviously, that's something for any student group to aspire to.
1: And I don't know if you saw last week. I tweeted. Um, someone had tweeted me. You know, something about you know Grizz Gang's got like you know a couple hundred people. Uh, you know, a game. Um, I actually got official numbers from um, athletics. Gang averaged 412 kids a game. Wow. That's an average. That, yeah, that, I was
2: kind of impressed by that number. That what's is that? amazing.
1: Wow. That is more than a lot of our schools are putting in the gym regularly. They may say, you know, they, they inflate their numbers with, oh yeah, season ticket holders, but no, they had 412 kids attending a game last year wow. on average.
0: That is amazing, and that and and I think that is something and. And and I've long, and obviously I have long. And, and considering you know the arena is about what a three four thousand seat arena, that's a big well, deal.
1: Yeah. Well, it is, and, and I mean in that number. You consider the fact that the Horizon League hates Oakland right now for never winning the conference tournament when they needed to, so they won't give us <laughs> marquee games yeah. when our students are in, in session. We don't get Detroit with our kid. You know, we're on break the past couple of years, and probably because yeah. we haven't done our job, it's a punishment. So that's a pretty outstanding attendance number for our students and i give i give the grizz gang you know leadership like michael a lot of credit they they do good work and it's not it's not just as an oakland fan or Oakland people talking about it you see the coaches in their polls talk about how much they hate going to oakland unfortunately the team hasn't been doing their job at home as much lately but for a long time oakland the arena is a terrible place for teams to walk into it's loud there's energy and the team would play well there the team needs to do their job
0: and it 's such an intimate venue, obviously, that you know all that noise and everything is kind of magnified oh yeah um, well i'm glad you brought up the I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the Oakland Detroit Mercy game because it is on break. Um, Michael, how do you guys address those break games because obviously um, you don 't have a lot of <laughs> students that are going to be on campus, you know so how do you guys address those those games because obviously there's a challenge in Okay, schools out Ascension, do I want to come back on campus and you know that sort of thing
2: yeah so it's it's definitely hard um, and we've we've tried to play with some ideas here and there but at the end of the day with us being a commuter school it's it's okay to get some people back but if you're not commuting, you're living like two or three hours away there's no in between really mm-hmm. so we've we've tried to kind of focus on um, in a way, doing either smaller small giveaways or something involvement-wise where those people who do live 20, 30 minutes away see it worth it to come out to the game. Sure. Um, but it, it's, it's very hard. I know some people stay on campus over break, so it's kind of just plain who's around, who can come. Um, you're going to get your more dedicated fans there. Obviously, people like free stuff, so they're going to come out if we have a, a good amount of things that we can provide for them. But... um. With, the, with it being over break, people are trying to spend that with their, their family or they're trying to take that away from school. They don't exactly want to come back. Sure. So I've never agreed with it, and um, I've been hurt the past couple of years trying to organize something, um, especially for that huge of a game. Uh, we, we're not able to do anything, but um, hopefully we're able to get out to Callahan this year with a, a good amount of people because that's not over break, I believe, and we'll hopefully be able to make that like a second home game for us. Uh-huh. Sure, sure.
0: In terms of the and now, now in terms of traveling, now how how much do you guys travel? I know, uh, I think Anthony had mentioned that he he gets out to uh, I he he gets out to you know traveled out to games. Matt, I know you'd mentioned back in the day, making the trips out to uh, South Dakota for what was then when the Oakland was a part of the Summit League tournament, being a part of those games. So, um, what's traveling like for, for the group as a whole?
2: Yeah, so there, there's a couple different things. Obviously, the our, our leaders themselves, it's a very interesting group of people, and we all do this because we enjoy going to the games and being around that atmosphere. So last year, um, our leaders ourselves, no funding or anything, like eight of us or so went down to UIC and spent the weekend in Chicago to watch them play. So that was just us. But um, last year, we also got donated a bus to Xavier. Um, we're, we're trying to make those trips that are – day trips in a way not too small or not too far not too short obviously we go to detroit every year but um sure like this year i think we're we're looking at a couple different games we wanted to go to northern kentucky obviously just because we uh we have fun with those guys but um it's on a thursday this this year so it's kind of impractical to try to get people to bus down there so Mm -hmm. we're looking at saturday games to try to get a bus out um kind of spend the day in the city it kind of gives the students a uh an experience to explore somewhere else, see a basketball game, have some fun. Mm -hmm. So we we definitely try, I think we're gonna be going to the tournament at the end of the year as well. Um, We're trying to make sure our funding gets through the year so that we can provide uh, students some transportation down there for for that. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously the big part is funding, is the hardest part with traveling.
1: Yeah, that's something that uh, for a long time Oakland's been very good about, and I think that's a big reason why the we have the student success we have at Oakland is um, they've always been really good about coming up with funding. Um, I remember going a couple times to Fort Wayne when we were in the Summit League um, on bus trips, and you know they had a whole block of seats. All you had to do was get you know get your your ticket a couple days before. You know there was 60 passes or whatever they'd hand out, and they literally handed out passes. You got to the school that morning. There was breakfast. You got on the bus. You drove to Fort Wayne. You know watched movies, whatever. Took the game in, you know. There was a box lunch. Um, took the game in. They kind of got on the bus. There was pizza waiting for you, and they bust you back. Like you know, it was a long, long day, but the, you sure. know, those trips—that's that, how you make long-term fans, and that's that's something Oakland has done really well. And it, you know, I've heard that they've sold more season tickets this year than any year past. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, you're building a true fan base, exactly. and that that's that's the important thing, I think. And I think, yeah, and that, I know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Um, I know. I've heard a lot of those glory day days from anthony as well where they do those trips and everything and it's kind of been on a, a decline a little bit with with funding and i think now with uh steve as our ad we're kind of turning that around and moving back into a positive direction mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll, we'll be doing that more um when we went to xavier a donor like i said gave us that bus and then uh we ended up getting pizza for the students so it was kind of like that it's not as intense or um as organized, but it's still there, and I think we're trying to turn that around to make it back to what it was. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, but Matt, I'm glad you brought up the 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 kind of the infl the kind of connection between student fandom and eventual season ticket owner uh, holder uh, season ticket ownership. I know um, when I had had. Um, Scott Garrett from Cle- the athletic director of Cleveland State on we had uh, he had talked we had talked a little bit about kind of how important having the student fans becomes in terms of translating that into future ticket sales and I know his big concern was the fact that at, when he walked in the door the first question he asked was okay who's the Cleveland State student super fan and nobody had an answer for him i mean don't get me wrong there's a bunch of us weirdos on you know on social media who are fans but you know i'll be honest with you i haven't you know i haven't set foot on cleveland state's campus as a student in 14 years so and that was when i had when I was in grad school and there's a lot of and a lot of you know a lot of the fans could say the same thing so but i'm glad and i'm also glad you brought up the fact now you now i'm now you mentioned the, the the new athletic director. I know that there has been a transition in leadership at Oakland, and I know there's been, um, and and so how has that relationship been with, with the new athletic director in terms of uh, in terms of the Grizz gang?
2: Yeah, so uh, we actually last year met with him quite a bit. We set up like monthly meetings or so, kind of just to talk about, because that's his first year. He wants to know what we're doing, what we're about before he commits to us with anything. Sure. So, so we met with him a lot, kind of told him what we were doing. We, um, we planned our events how we did, and we just told him how it went, and he kind of saw our commitment. And then um, we went from there, and now they, they kind of help us out a little bit more this year with uh, funding reasons. And they also have a, a a new head of marketing there as well, who's also all about student um, involvement. So this year we're meeting with him a little bit more, and uh, since we we're, we're pretty much working under athletic marketing because that's what really essentially student sections are is just yeah. marketing. Mm-hmm. So we're we're talking with him quite a bit, and um, I've established a pretty good relationships with both of those uh, guys and their commitment to us and understanding what we need is is something that's also like I said, getting us into the right direction.
0: Sure, sure. Um, so it, it, outside of outside of the uh, outside of athletics, I mean, in terms of funding, you know, do you guys do like fundraisers or anything like that, or is it just something that you guys pay out of pocket when it, when the needs arise?
2: Um, we do a couple different things every year. We'll we'll do like a you know frozen yogurt fundraiser, like uh, local businesses where you can go and ten percent of profits go to us, or you know how that kind of fundraiser works um but then on top of that we we have our vip package that we offer uh for students and it's kind of like a um uh, an extra step as the Grizz gang because you can all of our games at oakland are free to get into for students there's no charge there's no season tickets or anything uh, which is very nice so we offer an upgrade sort of thing where we we design a shirt, we'll get a couple extra little swag pieces, like uh, this year we have a fanny pack, a koozie, kind of like the essential tailgate type items, uh, and we'll throw that in a bag and kind of offer students that, you know, 20 bucks, you get this little package, uh, we get the money, we'll start throwing these events a little bit more, and we go from there. So it comes from the students, it comes from uh, donors, I know we have a couple people who are alumni who donate to the Grizz Gang um, regularly. And then in November we also do a philanthropy month um, at Oakland where um, the organ the student organizations who get the most amount of money or the most amount of donors get a set amount of money from sure. the philanthropy department. Sure. Um, so so that's our fundraising. Since we are an official student organization as well, mm-hmm. um, we get funding from the school through a uh, from our student activities funding board and. Um, all of that so we partner with a lot of the organizations who do the bigger you know like casino night type events or um, carnivals things like that we will partner up with them to kind of get more involvement on campus because that's what they're all about as well so we have a lot of different areas that we and, and we have to reach out to all of those different areas because we don't have a set amount from anyone really that uh-huh. is sufficient enough to do anything big so a couple games like a couple events will go through athletics and then one event uh, we're actually planning uh, the home opener tailgate against Goshen. We're partnering up with a couple of those um, organizations like Student Programs Board, Student uh, Activities Funding Board, all of them, Student Congress as well, uh, and using their funds as well. They get out there, they get advertisement, and we make those events happen for students. Nice. So it's all over the place.
1: Okay. <laughs> it sounds like it. Do yeah. V- Michael, uh, VIPs get early entrance in the games too, is that correct?
2: Yeah, so with the fact that we actually uh, work with athletics as well, they allow we have a little ID card that we give out to the students who become VIPs, and it gets them in. I think an extra half an hour earlier than everyone else can get into games. So that's kind of cool for for students who want to get involved. They can get in even earlier and sit up front, uh, kind of up where the more rowdier group of kids are. And uh, it, it's it's pretty interesting to see who can actually come out and the amount of people who actually support the VIP program.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Um, You mentioned kind of the, you mentioned kind of the rivalries a little bit. I know. um, And again, this is why I was hoping I was going to get a guy, one of the guys from Valhalla Vanguard on Um, when you, when you kind of, I guess because there's kind of a dearth of these student sections, um, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me, but it's kind of a bummer that here you guys are and, you know, there's not a whole lot else out there. There's not a lot of people to talk smack to, really.
2: Yeah, I I was very excited when NKU started coming at us on Twitter because we actually had a reason to be on Twitter. Um, and that's I, I was hoping they'd be on here as well just because, I, like I said, I love talking to them. We, yeah. Throughout the year, I know they're going through some transitions, but throughout the year we got really close with them. And um, I know a couple years ago our president went out there and, uh, actually stayed with a couple of the people from there. Um nice. so they're they're very friendly. They're they're great and I think that's that's what make it makes it fun because as a student section I would say our rival is NKU but as a team, our rival is Detroit Mercy. So it's kind of cool because it creates that secondary rivalry mm-hmm. where obviously Mercy um, Mercy's gonna be our biggest game and everyone's gonna go crazy, but then for the students, it's like when we play NKU, it's just as fun because you're on Twitter, you're going back and forth, yep. and, like, there's such a community there around the game that at the end of the day, like, you can talk so much trash during the game, and at, at the end of the day, they're all, like, high-fives and having fun, so. Yeah. yeah,
0: you meant, yeah, you didn't, you meant, you meant, obviously, Detroit Mercy. Allegedly, they have a, allegedly they have a student section, right? Section three one
2: three. No, uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Um, they don't have any presence really online or anything, but they're yeah. definitely there at the game when we get okay. there.
1: They're only there yeah, for one game half. a year. It's the Oakland game. Yeah. Really? No, yeah. they they don't show up. No, have you ever watched a video from a Mercy game? There's nobody there, which is really too bad, especially except the for the except for the guy who reads the book. Well, book guy comes to both. He comes to OU games too. He just doesn't. You know, you <laughs> see. It's not as easy to spot him at an OU game when there's well, yeah. actually people. But... but I gotta ask, is
0: book guy on Twitter? <laughs> I don't think so. I
2: have
0: no idea. <laughs> He's too busy reading. I'm sorry, sorry, book guy.
1: <laughs> I mean, but really, it's too bad that Detroit Mercy doesn't have fans. Not only as an Oakland, like you know, the, for the rivalry sake. Like I said, we love, you know, I love seeing the back and forth with with the mm-hmm. Holiday Garden and all that. But the the team deserves that. And I mean, when they they show up for the one game against Oakland, and it's so obvious, half of them don't have Detroit Mercy like gear even on. You know, they're they're just there to be drunk and, and and stupid, and they end up getting themselves in a lot of trouble, and then those kids don't come back for a year. And it's like, man, if you guys spent a little bit of time and actually organized and could get some fan support, your fans wouldn't be an average age of 65. And, you know, we talked about, you know, building future season ticket hold. And I think that's just another thing hurting Detroit Mercy. They, we know they have an older fan base. I joke about it, but it's really true. And you're not getting students because they literally come out for one day. They're drunk. They flip people off and you know, they just act stupid and then they leave. Like, that's not how you build a fan base. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Michael.
2: Um going out to those games, they, they are there for sure. Like you said, they, there's a lot of Red Wing gear. There's a lot of like Pistons, jerseys. There's a lot of other things that aren't Detroit Mercy, but um, they are, they're pretty rowdy in a way where it, it's what we don't want to be. So it, it starts to bring up a worse side in us that we have to try to um, kind of control and being how we are and how we see our student organization, we, make sure people aren't you know flipping people off so as soon as we hear something like that we turn around and tell them to sit down and being in that callahan hall is is probably the worst atmosphere for us <laughs>
1: wow but i was the whole time
0: oh uh, jeez.
2: it's it's interesting
0: so um, yeah, it, it's it. Yeah, and and I and it, from what it looks like, that's kind of a similar environment for a lot of the a lot of these other Horizon League schools. Wright State doesn't have this problem for reasons that escape me because they don't you know they're even though they're they do have a rather older fan base, they do still show up to the games. I think it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but at Cleveland State, there kind of is a similar. Um, it, they don't even have a rival. I mean, even, you know, there's not even really a rivalry to latch on to, or at least theres isn't, isn't in the minds of the students. Right. Um, and so it becomes a matter of when the students actually even show up. I know a couple of years back when I was, co- when I was actually on, when I was actually cover, when I was actually covering the games, they had this, co- athletics had this concept called Viking village and they were bring they brought students in during the games and the student, I mean, there was no, honestly, there was no drunken disorderly behavior, very well behaved. You know, they were a very, you know, well-mannered group. The problem was they all looked like they were bored as hell. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's, you know, I guess that's, and so I guess that's why I'm highly encouraged that, you know, a, a new kind of student section group has kind of grew has kind of built up that finally somebody, a group of students finally said, enough is enough. You know, we actually want to pay attention to this team. We want to get into these games. We want to do all of these things. And we just don't want to sit there on our butts and just, you know, you know, check our Instagram feed. So I'm actually very encouraged by that. And I I do hope that, that, you know, hopefully I, I hope they, they replicate kind of the successes of the existing student groups around the Horizon League, um, and hopefully yeah. get a little bit more support as, as time moves on.
2: Yeah, I hope so too, because like I said, I was I was so excited when NKU started coming at us and seeing that um, there's a new one coming up. We've we've been trying to interact with them on Twitter as the same as NKU has. I'm sorry, who is this
0: again? I'm sorry, the CSU folks?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. The, the fact that they're up and coming like, is very exciting for me because we love that atmosphere, and we've been trying to interact with them because – we want to see what it's like and we want to show them how even though there's a lot of trash talk it's a lot of fun and yeah. we, we can make a community together and uh, like we bounce ideas back and forth with um nku student section and kind of just see what works for each other and sure. grow from there because at the end of the day we are all out here trying to support a team and trying to make that atmosphere what we want it to be so if they're doing something right we'll take it from them if we're doing something right they'll take it from us and uh, we just hope that expands through a, more of the league, honestly. Sure.
0: Now uh, we we mentioned the transition going on on with the Valhalla Vanguard, and obviously, the, you know, as an organization, Grizz Gang has gone through multiple leadership changes. How is that? How, how as a group? Have you guys handled the, that kind of transition? I mean, I'm sure it helps that you have a, a, kind of one of the founders as, as your advisor. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, um, it's uh, recruitment's hard. Uh, it's hard to get students that involved because there's a lot more that goes into a student section than just being a student section. Sure. And a lot of people don't realize that, I guess. Um, so we've had our up years and down years, and the past two or three years now we've pretty much had the same team, just kind of flopping rolls around, and um, a couple people graduating. This year we have i we have eight people on our actual board right now. And seven of us are either fourth or fifth year. So it's very hard to, sustainability is very hard. And right now, one of our biggest things we're trying to do is recruit that younger class. We have a couple uh, student athletes who are actually on the track team that we're trying to get a little bit more involved, which is going to be hard because they're student athletes. But um, I I just had somebody else reach out as well saying that they were their high school's president and like student section president and wants to get more involved. So. Um, recruiting that younger class is really important. And I think the way we do it, we pretty much transition president and treasurer every year so that new people can come in where it's not like after four years of one person doing it, it's completely new. It's like every year somebody refreshes and gets to learn and gets to transition that to the next person. And I think that's important and trying to recruit that younger class and saying, You know, student sections are fun and getting out there, but there's so much planning that goes into tailgates and bus trips. Like, there's so much more than just cheering that it's hard to get across to people.
1: I think the biggest thing, too, is um, your team has to win, especially at home. And right now, Oakland hasn't been winning a ton of games at home. So you get these kids that put in everything they've got, you know – you, you, you leave a game exhausted from cheering and just trying to help push your team to that point. But when they don't win consistently, you get kids that come back. They come to one game, they're excited. The team loses and they don't come back. And I, and I know that Campy's aware of that. I know the team's aware that's that. It's not that it's their job to win, but they need to win at home. And that really helps in building a fan base. And you know, for, for you guys that are fourth and fifth years in the Grizzly area, you've seen success at home. So that's what, that, that's what roped you in. And I think that we're struggling to get younger people at Oakland because we're not winning enough at home right now. And the team has to do a better job of that. And it's something that can't be talked about. And I think that's something that the valhalla Vanguard does have going for itself. It's something Wright State has going for its fan base, is they win at home. And if Oakland can't start winning more games at home and make it like it used to be, where the arena was just an advantage, you're going to lose students that way. It's hard to get people that are totally bought into a losing team. It doesn't work that way. And I think that's going to be Cleveland State's struggle is when they do get a couple of students to come check it out. If the team's no good on the floor, they're not going to want to come back.
0: Well, I mean, in 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 that well, that Cleveland State is a unique situation because Cleveland State for the for four years has been absolutely terrible. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't forget students coming. You can't even get regular people to come. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think um I, I get and the, I I actually I actually take this um. Kind of, if I, if you look at Jared Calhoun at Youngstown State, um, he, one of, and, and I think and it looks like Dennis Gates is doing the exact same thing at Cleveland State, where they're kind of trying to build the rapport with the with the with the students in the community in general to kind of sell um, sell this growing process with you know in terms of in terms of follow us you're gonna see you'll you'll you know we may not be much now but you know can you know have some faith wow. in us and and you know and make it a little bit more than lip service so i i'd be interested in seeing kind of you know and, and you see kind of that dynamic moving a little you know working a little bit on the youngstown state side um obviously their their improvement last year they they had some improvements last year um and perhaps that's what that's kind of the end goal for 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 Cleveland State as well. But I'm glad you mentioned kind of the the winning in Oakland because obviously, uh, says right now we're um, And I will I want to kind of you know break out break this out a little bit is that this week um because we're getting close to the regular season. You know we've got people already we've already we've already got teams playing. Actual exhibition games and up to and including Oakland,
1: uh, yeah. which,
0: which brings me to my first question: sixty-one fifty-nine against Rochester.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, hold. On. You, want, you want this, Michael? You can take it.
2: Um, well, I know you. You also watched the post-game interview and you had some words about that. So I, I, I agree with Matt in the way where. It's, it can't be always talks us down after we think what the heck happened. He kind of tries to explain it and um, say why it happened the way it did. And it helps to an extent. And um, you look at it and say, okay, he played a lot of people the first half, he did this and he did that. Like we get it. But at the same time, like you go, you hit what, less than 50% from free throw line Is absolutely terrible. And three and from
0: eighteen from the three-point line. Holy crap! That's 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 atrocious. Yeah. Um, and that's,
2: you're gonna get that with the, a young team. It's sure. just Scary, and it's it's a, the first game in the arena. Seeing what we're all about. So it's the fundamentals are scary. The gameplay itself, you can understand from his perspective. Yeah. But yeah, those those stats don't lie, and it's it's a scary thing.
0: However, I will say this: that front court scare should scare the crap out of literally everybody in the Horizon League. Daniel okay. Dapo had a double double. Brad Brechting had 19 and 9. I mean, mm. Xavier, uh, Xavier Hill Mays pulled down nine boards. I that's, you know, this yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the score kind of belies that.
1: <laughs> if but, Oakland can if they've been saying this, if Oakland can get anybody to run the point with with any sort of even average abilities, this team's going to be good. However, yeah. that game Nobody ran the point to even the average ability, and Campy came down on him. Kangu, who they're trying to turn into a point guard who isn't one, had a terrible game. He didn't look like he knew how to do anything. I'm concerned because Campy's gone back to the dribble drive, and the the lane is super congested. Well, when you're playing with three bigs that can outplay pretty much anybody in the conference, and the lane's congested, it's going to make it tough. I'm really thinking he's got to open up some spacing. What do I know? I'm not Campy. But in my opinion, (laughs) he's got to open up some spacing and let the bigs work. And right now, I don't know how they could work down. It's just so congested with those three. But those three together are so scary. We saw moments of it. I mean, Oladapo, his motor doesn't stop. That He impressed the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be a major advantage. And all we need is average point guard play. We did not get it from Kangoo this week. But again, he's learning, so maybe that'll change. But he's also supposed to be a good shooter. I would love to see maybe him getting off the ball faster, and you know maybe it is time for C.J. Gettlefinger. He looked pretty good when he wasn't trying to make stupid passes, which is what he does. So you know, other than the you know the behind-the-back moment, it, it he looked pretty confident. Maybe it, it's going to be him. If not, it's got to be somebody. But this team's not ready yet. That's for sure.
0: So, and and uh, by the way, Oakland was not uh, Oakland was not the only. Uh, team that uh, ha- already had an exhibition and all- all- didn't also s- barely uh, squeak by their exhibition. IUPUI also had their exhibition. Um, John Parker mentioned there that the drag some team with a dragon-like logo. John, it's Tiffin <laughs> in the base <laughs> Tiffin in Ohio. Yes. They won 81, 77. We've been talking about Marcus Burke this whole time. Dude had 31 points. Wow. And Jalen Manette had 18 and, um the problem that they have is they had 27 turnovers (laughs) oh wow yeah exactly so it seems like ball handling's gonna be an uh, ball handling might be a little bit of an issue
1: (laughs) yeah are we also gonna talk oh go ahead no no
0: no you first you first
1: i was changing i was changing to the other game that i was hoping to talk about for a second i said you finish this thought
0: yeah um, which I, which I'm a little surprised by. I, I thought for sure the, the guard play would be infinitely better, um, but nope. Uh, apparently it was not. So that's, what are you gonna do there? But yeah, that's, 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 yeah, 'cause you know Marcus Burke, had, Marcus Burke had five turnovers. Grant Weatherford had five turnovers. Jalen Monette had five turnovers. And Weatherford and Minette, you don't expect them to, you know, be coughing up the ball as much as it. You know, that's, it, that's. Kind of concerning, especially considering the you know, kind of the but yeah, but when you got a guy who you know and I've been talking about how maybe Marcus Burke might might uh might carry the load that Cameron Justice did next year, maybe. Could be.
2: Yeah.
0: I might be apt to do I might be apt to agree with that. But that's uh but yeah, go ahead, Mike.
1: I'm sorry. I mean sorry, not Mike, um Matt Matt <laughs> Hey. um i was also going to see if we want to talk for just a second i was most impressed this week with uh detroit mercy coming out of their quote-unquote secret scrimmage with u of m yes. no, no actual reporters so there's a couple little discrepancies in stats but sounds like they ran u of m to the end and you know what wow that's that's impressive for them i mean you, you never know what was being worked on in the scrimmage I, it yeah. sounds like u of M had a couple people that are out right now that they you know they've probably been working with and all that but still that's that's a that's a good scrimmage for them, and that could be a really bad sign for the league, as far as if if Detroit Mercy is going to keep that up, or that could be a great sign for the league, depending sure. on how you want to look at it. Um, I mean, also, it wasn't just Juan yeah. Davis. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, but well, they also got some good news too because they're they're uh, transferred Justin Miller out of Louisiana to Lafayette. He got his he got his waiver granted. So free, so he, Rashad. Uh, free Rashad. Free Rashad. Yeah, that's, the whole waiver thing is, yeah, and I'm, uh, yeah, so I want to kind of pivot, yeah, and by the way, yeah, you know, scrimmages are kind of a weird thing, and nobody really knows a lot about the secret ones, I know, um, I know Youngstown State and Cleveland State were up in in Eastern Michigan a little bit, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about either of those two, but um, all I, except all I know that they're there, but um, we'll probably see a lot more when we play when they play their exhibitions. Cleveland State this week has got Notre Dame College. I can't remember who Youngstown State has or any of the other schools, but yeah, the fact that Detroit and but Detroit has it may may ju, it may not it may not just be Antoine Davis and everybody else. I'm that's I consider that I personally consider that an encouraging sign because of the fact that you know. Like I like I've been saying that two through eight slots is just a wild card, and so and and Detroit Mercy falls into that into that category. so that's you know that they are able to kind of go toe to toe with Michigan um it during in a in a scrimmage. I mean, I know it doesn't count. And I know we don't know a whole hell of a lot about it, but still it it's a very encouraging sign. but speaking of and, and I wanted to get back into the whole the, the whole um whole transfer thing. Um, because I know for a, one thing, um, we just got news apparently that Rashim Dunn, who was uh, the who had transferred to Cleveland State from St. Francis to New York, and then decided he was going to tra- he sit out a year and then decided to transfer away once Dennis Gates was hired, will will be sitting out another year <laughs> because apparently the <laughs> because apparently the NCAA will be denying his transfer waiver. Uh, for to to go to St. John's. So he's going to be sitting out two whole years. Um I I'm not sure if I agree with that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said I don't just because the guy already sat out a year.
1: I mean, but this one this one comes back on Cleveland State because from what I've heard Cleveland, Cleveland State denied every one of those kids that transferred out of just pure pettiness. And so what we're seeing is most coaches are are signing off on transfers, even if they didn't like it, even with the transfer portal. I I can tell you firsthand that Braden Norris, when he transferred, we might not might not have liked it, but, but Campy said, told me. He goes, yeah. Look, how many freshmen try their first year out of college and don't like it and they want to transfer? I'm not gonna stop someone. And he, he he signed off on those. Cleveland State is not signing off on waivers and it's just providing an extra layer for the NCAA to deny these kids, and which is what we're gonna see probably out of most of the CSU ones, including Rashad at some point, And it's awful. These kids deserve to play.
0: I mean, as you that's know, it's. Well, I mean, I uh, I I don't know what to say about this, honestly, just because of the fact that it's like, all right. I mean, you know, the 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 atmosphere, and, and again, this goes back to what the hell did Dennis Felton do to make the, to start this? And you know, what the hell did he do? That has never been public, and is never going to be public. But you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna deny, if you're going to if you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna deny. A you know a, tra- a transfer waiver specifically to Rashad Williams. If that actually does happen, we haven't heard a decision about that. But you know, I need a legitimate reason. I'm sorry, I do. I know it's my it's my school. I want to know what the hell happened.
1: I have. A I've theory. been
0: wanting to know what the hell happened, and nobody, you know. About- I'm, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I don't. Ha- I'm sorry. We don't have. I'm sorry. We don't have any news outlets who give a rat's ass about this. But yeah, I would like to know what the hell happened.
1: I can tell you what happened.
0: Well, I know what happened, but you know nobody's ever made it public.
1: We all know Felton McLean were planning the world's biggest heist of a casino, and he (laughs) wouldn't include these guys. And so they left. They said, "You know what? If that's (laughs) how you're gonna play this game, villains, I'm out of here." We know it was a it was heist related, of course.
0: It was heist related. Okay, let's go with heist related. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the, the heist, by the way, the heist, the heist continues for Dennis Felton at Fordham. Now he's the uh, he's an assistant coach over there now. So, you know, MTA. Yeah, so I, I'm sure they'll soften the blow in terms of his buyout. But yeah, that's I'm I, I'm, I'm just still dumbfounded by the whole situation. And it's just I mean, it it it, did, it didn't have to. I mean. I mean, I like what Dennis Gates is doing right now, you know, in terms of kind of rebuilding this team. But the fact that it was even necessary is just absolutely bonkers, and I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I cannot, I, I still cannot wrap my head around the whole entire situation. And I know I've talked about this so, so much, and I, I just, I mean, and now we're, and now we're getting into a season where. Once again, Cleveland State is is probably going to struggle a lot, and you know, was it was it was it I mean, was it worth it to get the guy that they wanted? Maybe. I mean, I like I said, I, the early returns are good, but you know, we gotta get, you know, we gotta get to a point where we see how these kids are kids are progressing but yeah i mean it's 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 just such a mess and maybe it's good that nobody goes to the games, so nobody would have been able to see this in the beginning with so i don't know <laughs>
1: except <laughs> the vicious vikings see I just except the,
0: Vic- except the vicious vikings who who have enough who thankfully have enough faith that they are moving forward and i'm glad for them um hopefully they do not start giving me crap when i start being very 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 very, very frustrated because it's coming you know it's coming. All of you know this is coming. <laughs> it's like the it's like the monsoon season. It's gonna be rainy and crappy, mm-hmm. and it happens every year. <laughs> although I yeah. although to be yeah, so that that yeah, but yeah, that's that's kind of the, but that's kind of that whole situation. So I mean. Yeah, it, it's looking. Le- yeah, sorry, guys, it's looking very. It's looking even less and less likely that Rashad Williams will be joining the. Uh, will be joining the the Grizz this year. Um, how? It, and so I, I'm waiting for it, Matt. I know. I know your. I know your 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 kind of thoughts on that are are forthcoming, and I know that. And I'm just gonna sit back and let you go. let, let it rip.
1: <laughs> I'm not yet. Right now I'm just going to stay optimistic and hope, you know, yes. that they free shot and then we'll talk about it if, if and when it happens the other way. There you go. Yeah, so, that's all you can do. Exactly.
0: So, so with that, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up the show. Michael, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, yeah, tell everybody where they, me. tell everybody where they can find you and the Grizz gang.
2: Uh, So Grizz gang's on Twitter as OU Grizz gang. Uh, that's where we do most of our stuff. We're on, Instagram and Facebook as well that you can find us pretty much by the same handle, and then uh, I'm actually on it as well as M mprestoninzy44. Good luck spelling that, but uh, it might be linked on the website uh, that he posts up. But yeah, I'll be out it there will be. It will be. So
0: very, yes, yes. Take heart in the fact that it will be. So yes, <laughs> or at least yeah. at, at least if you're on like if you're on one of the podcast apps, I, I know the links don't go through, but at least the spelling will be so you can copy and paste. You're good to go.
2: Yeah. Exactly,
0: so um so yeah, and so' w- w- speaking of which of course, um, and now next week, uh, I should point a note next week we will be having our annual student media forum, I'm looking forward to that um, I, I know there's a couple of uh, a couple of reporters who will not be able to make it, but I know the, the few that will are are very excited about it, and we are of course excited to talk to them, but uh, definitely stay tuned for that next week, you definitely don't want to miss it uh, two weeks from now um. At the start of the season, we are actually going to have the. We've been talking about Detroit Mercy. We're going to have the play-by-play voice Dan Hasty on, as well. So um, we're going to actually record that one before the season starts. So uh, just a disclaimer: whatever we're talking about may or may not have already happened. So, uh, but uh, that's two uh, two weeks from now, and uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. But. Um, as always, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on horizonroundtable.com, and definitely be sure to watch out. We've got new articles posted for each of the Horizon League schools, at least the ones we have, or we'll make John Parker write a bunch. Of, we're not going to do that to you, John. Don't worry about it. Um, but definitely horizonroundtable.com. You can find us wherever podcasts are available, wherever podcasts are available, and your Amazon Echo and your uh, Google Home devices. There, you can definitely pull us up as well. So that's going to wrap it up for us. And thank you all for listening.